John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Strong or Die podcast. Today, my guest is the legendary Jim Windler. How are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. Good to hear. Thank um, you for having me, by the way. <laughs> no problem. This is actually... Uh, uh, I've been most excited about this interview. I think we have um, we have almost thirty episodes out. I think this might be the one I was looking oh, forward should. to the most. So, how uh, well? Thank you for having me. How long you been doing this? <clears throat> um, well, we did last. I uh, kind of do seasons. I, it doesn't run every week, but we did twenty um, some episodes uh, earlier in the year. Then there was a hiatus, and we just started back up. I think this will be uh, episode wow. uh, seven of the new season. So. I people always ask me to do a podcast. I can't figure any of that shit out. I think if someone came here and then did it with me and then left, so I wouldn't have to do anything, I would probably do it. <laughs> so yeah. I, I don't know. Like my guy who does a lot of our work uh, for our website and stuff, it's like he has his own podcast, and he's telling. I'm like, once he, as soon as he like says, you know, get a microphone, I'm like, uh, I'm already done. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I barely. I don't know, and I'm not. Mr. Anti-Technology it just seems like a lot of work to talk into something. But anyway, uh, so thank you for doing the podcast for me. <laughs> thank you for doing the work for me. <laughs> All righty, yeah, yeah, uh, no problem. Um, so I want to start off with some questions. Um, I'll bore you to death here with some training questions first, and then maybe we'll get into, <laughs> we'll get into some crazy <laughs> right, isn't it fucking always like people? I wish there was a magic pill. Like, it kind of is, man. <laughs> right, it's just very funny. Like, you know, there's no magic pill. Like, well, I don't know about that. But, uh, I mean, you still got to do the work. I get it, but you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> yeah, that's right, true. Uh, so, um, I uh, usually uh, ask some of the people at the gym things to um, ask the guests and. Okay. One of the predominant ones this time was... Um, How do you lose weight and get stronger? All right, go ahead. <laughs> was, um, I got someone asked me that the other day. I was like, are you fucking serious? You're actually... No, it's like, if you figure that shit out... Uh, all right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, so one of the questions was mindset and um, preparing for, uh, you know, some of the huge lifts that you've done, you know, 1,000-pound squats and stuff. Uh, what kind of um, mental stuff? Uh, is there anything that you do or... Uh, well, I think one of the things that, um, I talked about this a couple of times, but I think people seem to disregard it is, uh, at least in my, uh, in my experience, uh, I grew up playing sports. Okay. And, uh, so I did, you know, baseball, uh, cross country, football, obviously track, track, you know, and the field stuff. I don't know, whatever, basketball. And uh, I was raised very competitively, if that makes sense. And so powerlifting to me was no different. Uh, In fact, I think it's easier to squat a 1,000 pounds than to play most sports, even though obviously um, there's a little more danger, at least between like basketball and squatting 1,000. The whole point is... If you're incredibly competitive, you don't want someone else to win. And I'd rather have a barbell win than uh, another person. If that makes sense, that's why I think it's easier to squat a thousand than it is to, to wrestle, for example. I don't know if you 
wrestled the holy shit was that fucking tiring. Yeah. Um, so I think the mindset comes from <clears throat> man. I'm not even a smoker. Excuse me. <clears throat> I think the mindset comes from years and years and years and years of competitive uh, training, and as far as uh, real, I say real sports. Well, let's just be fucking honest, right? Uh, <laughs> of, of real sports, and I think that always carries over. And I think I do think mental toughness and mental strength and stuff like that can be uh, cha- uh, can be trained. I think you can take a relative, you know, quote-unquote pussy, and as long as he wants to get better and get stronger in the mind, he can, as long as he challenges himself continually, you know, even on a day-to-day basis of uh, something physical. Obviously, if you <clears throat> stick some, you know, uh, shit, who's that? The heiress, Paris, Paris Hilton? If you stick Paris Hilton like in a Navy SEAL situation, she's not going to do very well. Just like a 12-year-old kid who's kind of a pussy is not going to do very well. But if you give him something to do, like, hey, listen, let's push the prowler uh, from that <clears throat> that line to that line, uh, but you can't stop, you know, something like that. Something you know you can do. Uh, so I think stuff like that can be used to train uh, someone's toughness. But as far as, like, me personally, I mean, <clears throat> I, I've been... I'm not trying to, like, I'm not, like, a tough guy or anything. You play sports your whole life, and you're fucking competitive. You always want to win. Always. Always. Like, I, uh, you know, remember that old study, like, with Olympic athletes? Would you give up 20 years of your life for a gold medal? And people were like, oh, my God. When, like, 80% said, yeah, I fucking do it. And what do you think? Why do you think they're doing this? Do you think they're just having fun, like, your stupid fucking sewing hobby that you have? These people want to win. That's why... <clears throat> they're doing this and you suck it's because they're willing to do whatever it takes and uh, I think with the mindset I think it's very easy to to cultivate as long as you're competitive you know and, and that's and your family actually I'm, I'm probably getting off talking to topic here but your family kind of breeds that world um, like if you don't really come from a sports uh, physical background uh, then you're not really encouraged like the whole, like, I'm not saying this, like, oh, make sure you play fair. It's like, babe, you know what? I want to see you fucking give effort. I don't care if you win. I don't really care about any of that shit. I want to see supreme effort, and I want to see leadership uh, first for yourself and then for others. I think that's infinitely more important. So, yeah. play fair. Like, the rest are there. That's what they're there for. You know? <laughs> to play fair. I just, you know, as a parent, I think you can foster this kind of shit. And I think it carries over to everyday life. I really do. Uh, you know, someone who, who loves that shit. So, anyway. I don't know if that makes sense. Listen, I don't think my mental stage was any different than most guys. I just think you need to be willing to do whatever it takes. And I, I didn't like, picture my family being raped or anything like that. I think that's just silly. You should be able to switch it on and off without much of a... Uh, Outward glance from someone else that would know. Let's put it that way. How does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like you see those guys in the weight room ever, and they're like screaming and hollering. They just wasted fucking energy. Man. Keep it on the inside, man. <clears throat> That's how you uh, channel your energy. All right. How's that? <laughs> cool. Is that okay? Did I yeah, no, that? no. That, I Did think... I do good, coach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think that's good. Perfect. <laughs> the Whitward, huh? So, oh, did I say rape? Oh, fuck me. 
This is not, it doesn't go like on a Christian channel or anything, right? But no, you uh, can say whatever Islam. you want. Say whatever you want, my man. It's an You're not an Imman, are you, from uh, the, the Muslims? I, <laughs> I love pigs and pork. <laughs> All right, sorry. You probably have to edit that out. You've been fucking firebombed. All right. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, so I noticed that um, you're a big proponent of uh, jumping. Um, a lot of yeah. uh, a lot of the the powerlifting uh, community there. Imagine, don't... think about <clears throat> that's that's uh, that's now considered uh, crazy, right? What? Right? Next year we're going to talk about running sprints and shit. All right, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, a lot of powerlifters aren't. Uh, they well, they certainly aren't running, and most of them yeah. aren't. <laughs> most of them aren't jumping. Uh, can you can you tell me a little bit of um, kind of where that comes from? Because most powerlifters don't have that that mindset. Yeah. Well, that's you know <clears throat> I can talk. Days on this. Uh, first of all, Louis talked about it quite a bit. It was well after I was gone uh, from uh, West Side and stuff. But give credit where credit's due. He does it all the time. You watch. Uh, there's a tremendous video somewhere on the YouTube's, as they call it, of I think some Korean Olympic lifters. I don't know if they're north or south. I don't know which one, but they're jumping on. A stack of plates and there's a guy one of their jumpers one of the olympic athletes is jumping uh a height that's equal to his body his body's height it's the most amazing thing i've ever seen and they're doing it in their olympic lifting shoes too and uh so it's nothing new i know uh throwers have been doing it for years that's where i originally got it from when i was a kid i used to love uh the throwers the uh, shot put and stuff like that and discus especially the discus and the hammer and then, so when I started reading about that, this was probably when I was a freshman in high school. Obviously, at that time, it was really big within the football community. Uh, not meeting, uh, you know, big time colleges were using box jumps, or they like to call plyometrics uh, back in the day. The whole point is that's where I got it from, from a very early age. Basically, it came down to you want to lift fairly heavy, you want to jump, and you want to stretch. Those are the big things. Running was just kind of, <clears throat> how do I put this, inferred if you're a football player. Like, listen, you're going to fucking run, right? <laughs> uh, but not everyone at that time lifted weights, and not everyone stretched, and not everyone did jumps. So uh, that's where I got it from. And then as I, <clears throat> I did it for, I don't know, I'm trying to do all the math, probably – from when I was 13 until I was 24, so 11 years. That's when I first started training all the way up until I stopped training for foot, football. And then when I went back and started realizing, like, why why is, <clears throat> why is do I train like this? Why I'm fairly explosive in the squat? And that's one of the things that I came up with, you know, the shit that I did at an early age, early part of training. Now, I think that there's probably a uh, – just like <clears throat> learning the language – I think that there is a good window for some kids uh, to who are not naturally explosive to train that. I don't know where that is, but I, I believe that there is. Does that make sense? Like if you train your kid from like seven to nine uh, using jumps, he's going to be <clears throat> infinitely more explosive and fast than he would be normally. Right. Um, I don't know. That the, <clears throat> it's probably not going to make him an Olympic record holder, but it certainly make him better at whatever 
motorsports. So that's what <clears throat> I got it originally from the old time throwers like, uh, like Randy Batson and Wolf Timmerman and Randy Barnes and uh, uh, who was that thrower from? Uh, Brian Oldfield. Who was a major asshole? He went to school with my dad. My dad thought he was the biggest dick in the world. <laughs> I don't know if you know who Brian Oldfield is. He just uh-uh. passed away. It was so fucking sad, dude. Brian Oldfield passed away. I don't know, maybe five years ago. And my dad called me up. He's like, uh, <clears throat> "Wait till you see this shit." They had a big, uh, <clears throat> uh, either in the Chicago Tribune or Sun Times or something like that from the Chicago papers. Oldfield's from uh, Bartlett, Illinois, and uh, they had a big article about Oldfield's passing and his life, and I didn't see a single fucking nice word said about him. And oh, wow. It's crazy. I, I met people from all over this country, throwers that I used to talk to, and they, I'm like, yeah, my dad, <laughs> just Brian Oldfield would come up, because the guy was a physical fucking great, I mean, he could uh, easily dunk a uh, 16-pound shot, but running. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the other stories are insane. But, uh, yeah, can you imagine having, like, a two-page article written to you in a major newspaper and not one fucking person said anything nice about you? Holy <laughs> shit. Anyway, that's – and then so when I started going back, because you have to look at what you did, not what, you, uh, what you're going to do or what you do now. What's you, you know, like, hey, what does Ronnie Coleman do? Well, what does Ronnie Coleman do, you know, when he was younger? That kind of shit. And that's – it came brought back to jumping and running sprints. And uh, obviously, all you know, squatting and all that bullshit too. So, I think it's super important, man. I I train kids, you know, that's my main thing. And we do jumping. We train three days a week, and we jump <clears throat> of some kind every every one of those days. So, cool. I just, you know, for coordination mm-hmm. is one of the big things. It's just learning how the kids to coordinate their arms and their legs to go into one area so they go so they can land up on a, on a box. We do long jumps. We do once the kids are ready. We do bounds, stuff like that. So mm. it's not terribly complicated either, right? I don't know. People make everything so like, what's the progression? It's like there's no progression. He's fucking jumping on a goddamn box. Like, what do you need a progression <laughs> for? Uh, you know. And the other thing is, we teach the kids how to land. That's a, you know. I always use the joke. Uh, you know. You know those uh, ski jumpers. Yeah. The guys that fly, it's like 18 miles in the air, you know? They usually like drink a beer and smoke a cig uh, (laughs) while they're in the air. They're on their beer so long. And I always tell the kids, do you think they teach them how to jump first or how to land first? And then you see the smart kids stop and think. They're like, dang, they got to teach them how to land first and be fucked. You know? (laughs) It's like radio in. All right, now you're going to have to put your skis straight. Brace your knees. So we also teach jumping uh, and landing, too. Uh, So we just step off. We don't like depth jump from eight feet or anything like that. Uh, but I think <clears throat> one of our big reasons why we are so injury free is we do a lot of the basic stuff very correctly, very correct, I should say. And uh, I think it helps, especially with like ankle injuries, hamstring injuries, stuff like that. Yeah. So. Uh, so you mentioned um, depth jumps there. I know that uh, Louis actually um, isn't a big fan of depth jumps. Do, do you uh, do you use those at all? I, I don't, uh, where, where did Louis say that? He probably said it because someone said they really like depth jumps. <laughs> ah, fuck that. It's, uh, he, he uh, mentions it on his, uh, <laughs> on his podcasts frequently. Um, yeah, I don't know. What you're looking at is you're not actually, uh, 
I think there can be some use. I saw a guy go from seven feet and land. It's fucking insane. And there's the amount of absorption in that body. Yeah. I, I also don't know if uh, you're training a very different athlete than a guy who goes up and squats at one rep max than a guy who throws a, uh, uh, a hammer or a shot or a discus at a world-class level. It's a completely different athlete. Right. You know, and uh, it's funny because I love the throwers. Like, I think I just was, as a kid, I was just enamored because those guys were like 6'5", 280, and then they move like with the grace of like a ballerina. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously all those guys were pretty strong. And obviously because the implement itself that you throw doesn't get any bigger, the key is how strong do you really have to be. And then you just have to be able to apply that force into the 16-pound shot or whatever. Does that make sense? And they always like to say, listen, <clears throat> you don't need to be terribly strong. Like Ulf Zimmerman, who was a great shot putter from Germany, he wasn't very strong. And then, like, there's a video of him benching 500. I'm like, well, <laughs> let's just fucking calm down here, buddy. Right. Because <laughs> that's still pretty fucking strong. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's very funny to me. It's like you got kids who are, you know, coaches who bench 200 pounds who think that's good enough. And uh, so anyway. Yeah, a, the I don't know how long you've been doing this, but I've been collecting magazines and books and trying to figure this shit out since I've been 13. You know, that's just been obsessive with me. And the ebbs and flows of all the bullshit that I've seen and heard. Uh, you know, when I first started, strength was super important. You gotta get strong, man. You gotta get strong and fast. And uh, now, well, maybe not now so much, but Ten years ago, strength didn't fucking matter. It didn't matter. Fuck it. You know? And uh, I just... If something works, it works forever. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. I think um, there's still a lot of sports... Oh, your fucking podcast gets stronger die, right? Yeah. So, all right, go <laughs> uh, so There's a lot of sports out there that, that are getting it. You know, football, I think... Uh, you know, there's not too many football teams out there that that aren't lifting weights, but there's still a lot of sports out there that, especially martial arts and things like that, where they're just, they just don't do it. Well, I, I like to use this uh, analogy or this story all the time. Uh, When I was in 1996 or 95 or whatever, I was in college. I didn't give a shit. I I didn't, I had like a little TV that I didn't have anything really, didn't know what to watch. I I was so out of the loop, you know, because I'm in college. And anyway, I used to watch all the Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire games I could, right? Because baseball was never very interesting to me, even though I played it, uh, until that home run race that was going on. Right. Okay? And they single-handedly saved baseball in McGuire and Sosa because that sport came after a couple strikes and people were fucking down on it. So even the casual fan was interested. And we watched him and Barry Bonds and all these guys just hit dinger after dinger and the pitchers got better and all that shit, right? And then it came out that they all use steroids. And I was like, well, so we just proved what? That's, you know, getting stronger, right? Seems to, seems to make their <clears throat> performance go up. And uh, it just gets got kind of thrown to the side. And they still train, you know, with, you know, cables and, and uh, single leg twisting variants of this and that. <laughs> where you still have getting stronger still helps. It's not the only thing you can do. But they just proved that if you're stronger... You know, whether it's steroids or lifting weights, you're going to get a little better. Right. And, uh, but, you know, like those guys were always like, I use it. <clears throat> it's like when people say they read Playboy for the articles. Right. 
Yeah, I took steroids because I, it helps me recover. So I don't ever take steroids. <laughs> you may say that, but you just want to bench big or squat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I think so, it's, uh, uh, they had all that evidence in front of them did baseball, <clears throat> and they still kind of poo it. So whatever. Well, I think the 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 irony there is, you know, it's the recovery that that makes you stronger. So yeah, <laughs> they're just but, they're just covering it up, you know. Yeah, I just. I understand what they're saying, but don't tell me you did it just to recover better. You, your end goal was to put on a, you know, to get strong as fun. Right. That was it. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. Those are, I like when a, <clears throat> I'm a big fan of like outlaw America where people just kind of do what they want. Yeah. Like I enjoy that era of baseball cause no one gave a flying fuck. And even if you looked at it, like, what do you got to do? It's legal here. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. Right. Uh, <laughs> So, like, Lenny Dykstra went from, like, 160 to 185 or 190 in an offseason. <clears throat> and, uh, anyway. Whatever. Yeah, so uh, that that brings up a, a, an interesting topic. Uh, you're, you're a pretty well-known um, uh, libertarian, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. So uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? How, how did this come about? <laughs> uh <clears throat> Did you read well, it? You read Atlas Shrugged, and that was it. <laughs> uh, the thing, I think, uh, just in uh, how do I put this? With, um, I try to avoid a lot of political stuff. I, I had nothing to do with anything I read. Just you know, in your everyday life, you see how much shit that everyone's <clears throat> butting into your life, like seatbelt laws. Um, you know, there's, if, I don't know if you have any kids, but, you know, your kids got to <clears throat> learn all this different shit inside different schools for eight hours. They're just sitting there with a good, you know, land look on their face and they're just getting eaten alive by the system. You've got uh, taxpaying citizens who are afraid to drive down the fucking street. There's cops hiding everywhere. You know, look, listen, I understand. Like, I am 100% for the police, but you're fleecing your own fucking citizens at every stop can't even fucking do anything anymore. If you own a private business, you have to follow these fucking rules. Uh, you know, like the smoking rule. It's my fucking business. I should be able to take a shit on the floor. <laughs> and if people don't come, then let, let, let the market decide. Right. You know? And anytime the government puts their hands in anything, it turns to shit. Like, you know, invite us to touch a gold. Right. Well, the government is just one big pile of shit. And then I can go on and on. But <clears throat> anything that they do is bad. They don't do anything, you know, it's just one bullshit thing after another that they're trying to run our lives because we're, God forbid, we're too dumb. Like Social Security, listen, you don't know how to save your own money. We'll do it for you. Yeah, look how that fucking turned out. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm a, honestly, my wife and I talk, I bet you we could <clears throat> excise half, 50% of the federal laws that you wouldn't even fucking know, you know, and, uh. You know, there's nothing scary. You know, here's the best way to sum up the government. They break your leg, okay? Then they hand you a pair of crutches and say, see how lucky you are? You wouldn't be able to walk unless I gave you crutches. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. You know, you just fucking broke my leg. And so like, I, the, the, one of the good examples I like to give people is <clears throat> the current thing about raising minimum wage. And <clears throat> so all minimum wage, when we raise it, obviously, everything goes up. Okay, that's common knowledge. I don't, no one's going to disagree with that. Is that <clears throat> the <clears throat> so? My thought was, why don't we just not? And it hurts the small business owner. Fucking 
rapes you, dude. You can't do that. And expects a small business owner to, to keep things afloat because then you're going to have to raise your prices, right? To, <clears throat> so my thing was, how about we just no income tax for the first $100,000 that you earn? And now everyone gets to keep the money that they earn. Right. Because the only reason why the government wants, for example, a higher uh, minimum wage is so they can collect more taxes on the people that they're already they're supposedly trying to help. How about you just don't collect any more money? Clearly don't know what to do with it. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you waste money left and right. Oh, it's horrid. So uh, I just think that you should be allowed to, as an American citizen, be fucking free, as free as possible. You know. And I like living in small town Ohio. Let's put it that way. Uh, it's <clears throat> there's not a lot of states where you can get you know you can you're free to do what you want. And the people here are good people. They're solid people. They're not the scum of the earth like everyone else seems to think. Uh, uh, I do, you know, I used to travel a lot, and I go to bigger cities, and I couldn't believe how fucking mean everyone was. It's unbelievable to me. And here, when you open the door for someone, they, they, they look, in the, look you in the eye and, you know, extend their gratitude. Well, thank you. That was really awesome, man. I appreciate it, you know. Uh, the servers here, even at, if you go to Taco Bell, the kids that are working here, thanks for coming, man. We really appreciate it. Like, Jesus Christ, really? You're, like, you just work here. And so it's, <clears throat> since I moved here, I've really seen the difference, uh, just a solid group of people. And yeah, you know, some of the people might not be the best educated by uh, classical standards, but they're solid fucking people, man. And I'll take that any day. And I love it. So that's one of the reasons why I started volunteering at the high school i think it i was in a position financially to help out and uh so i started volunteering said so, you know <clears throat> imagine if more people were able to keep more of their money they wouldn't have to work fucking 12 hours a goddamn day they can help their communities you know yeah. even if it's their fucking neighbor uh to do whatever you know shit like that and i think more people would be doing more good shit if they didn't have to work their fucking bones to death in paying the fucking government i just explained to my kid what taxes were I gave him a buck in quarters, you know, and I took half away. I'm like, you don't get this. Well, I, I work for it. Too fucking bad. You know? <laughs> I could go on and on, but yeah. the bottom line is I just wish the spirit of America was still, and I think there are parts of America that the spirit is still alive. Uh, so, you know, if you earn your money, you should keep it. I don't know how anyone thinks that's, that's think about that, right? How dare you, fucking selfish bastard! <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait, how? Yeah, I'm right there with so, you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I, if you're, you know, <clears throat> if you're sympathetic to the cause, I'm sure you, we could probably turn this off and just fucking yell at each other. Uh, you know, just a lot of backpacking or back patty. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, the other thing that I, I, I wrote about. And I got this, there was a documentary called The Other F Word. And the Other F Word is fatherhood. And it followed, I don't know, maybe five, a half dozen or so, uh, punk rock and hardcore musicians as they get in their 40s and 50s and stuff. And now that they're the authority figure, how has thing, how have things changed? Does that make sense? Yeah. You're over there, you know, saying, fuck your parents, fuck the police, and now you got kids. And... Uh, one of the guys said, listen, I thought I was doing good all those years, getting up on stage and screaming and yelling. And then I realized that if you want to change the world, you just got to raise good kids. That's how you do it. Yeah. And all this 
fucking complaining about this and doing this. If you're not raising great kids, independent, strong thinkers, then you're doing everyone a disservice. So that's why I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to focus on my family and focus on the kids that I can help in the weight room and uh, you know, at, the, at the school and stuff. And uh, we, I want strong, independent, critical thinkers who approach problems with their shoulders back and head up. Yeah, fucking bring it. You know, I'll figure it out. And uh, that's how you change the world. You don't change the world by carrying a fucking sign. You know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you, imagine having an army of critical thinkers and strong, independent people. It's fucking dangerous, dude. Yeah. Dangerous. So. So right now, until my house is clean, I don't worry about anyone else's. You know. Yeah, that's probably a good uh, good methodology. Um, <clears throat> so I guess uh, libertarianism brings us to the next question. Since we got celebrities running for president, when are you and um, when are you and Ripito going to do your run? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you know, here's the thing: is uh, you got to be a little fucked up to to run for president, right? <laughs> you like the qualifications to do that. You're already going to get a fucked up group of people, just like. Uh, like the Catholic Church was like surprised when they had some fucking pedos and weirdos, right? Right. Well, the qualifications of being a priest, the three main things people talk about besides, you know, being a believer and, and uh, Jesus and all that stuff is you have to take a vow of poverty and you can't have sex, right? The two things that the most guys' worlds revolve around, right? Getting fucking money and getting bitches, so, right? So if you take a group of guys that uh, that, de- that deny themselves the two things that drive most guys, even if they're not going to admit it, you're going to have a fucked up kind of group of dudes. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. So uh, same thing with running for president. That's I don't know. I ha- I don't have all the answers. At least I tell everyone I don't. <laughs> I do. Uh, I just. <clears throat> I just try to, I don't know, I stick to my family and make sure that they're taken care of in, in whatever way possible. So, oh, it would drive me nuts. Can you imagine ripping? Do you know Mark at all? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've not personally, but yeah. Oh, yeah. He'd be a very interesting president. <laughs> <laughs> you think press conferences now are fucking crazy? <laughs> I've actually, uh, I've seen a bunch of, the, of his uh, Ask Rip videos and, some of his conferences that he's done, so I can imagine what it would be. Yeah, like. yeah, he's he's pretty uh, he's pretty staunch about that stuff. Uh, <laughs> about being, uh, you know. And it's funny when people call it libertarian. All you're doing is just <clears throat> just don't want people fucking telling you what to do. Yeah, I don't understand how that's such a you know. Wow, I'm, you mean you can manage your own life? Well, if I can, I'm fucking dead. So <laughs> I'll be all right. Less carbon, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> cool. So, uh, <clears throat> tell us uh, a little bit about how um, you came up with with the five three one system. Um, I know that uh, in the book, you know, you said that you wanted to be able to do more than just squat bench and uh, yeah, deadlift squat and all bench that. deadlift. Um, and I, you know, I think it's important that people realize that for the first uh, eleven. X amount of 11 years or so, all I did was train for football and sports in general. And then when that was over, you know, I wanted to 
continue competing. So, uh, and I remember my last day of football. I remember <clears throat> I was like, man, I'm never fucking running again. Fuck this. Plus, you know, you ran. I ran every single day of my life for like 12 years. Uh, and that's being a little dramatic, but you know, for the most part, I did. And I was just tired of it. And uh, so once I, I powerlifted, I don't know, for only five years or so, four or five years, I think. And uh, once I did. I always wanted to squat a thousand. That was my big thing. Like, and I didn't care what my bench or deadlift was. I just wanted to squat a thousand. So once I reached that, I'm like, you know, and I, I had no real desire to do it anymore because I reached what I wanted to do. And I think it's gets kind of weird when you're doing something without a massive goal. And uh, so it got to the point where, and I, my uh, when I squatted a thousand, my first son was like a I don't know, eight months old or something like that. And uh, I just wanted to do something different. And <clears throat> so I just like, well, what did I do before? And then I, so I started looking back at old training logs and thinking about stuff. And I, you know, for the last, I don't know, God knows how many years, I, I had to do very detailed plans, probably like what most people do uh, when they're still kind of in that beginner, you know, after 15 years, you're still not that advanced. And I, <clears throat> I had very detailed, complex plans that I just wanted to go in the weight room with a fucking sheet, you know, that told me exactly what to do and just go crazy. Uh, it's like you ever see when guys come home uh, from war, they're always like, you know, I w the good thing about war, and I'm not saying war is good, is I knew who the enemy was. Now I don't know what's going on. And it's <clears throat> so with, when I first started training like this, it was like I, I knew what my goal was, plain and simple. I have to do this, wait for this amount of reps, and just kick ass. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. And I, I wanted something just to, uh, <clears throat> just an easy, awesome fucking plan. And uh, so that took about a year and a half to come up with. I know it sounds ridiculous, but uh, I went through a couple of different iterations and stuff. And then after another year or so, I think I ironed out some of the, <clears throat> the little, the, some more of the principles. And, uh, but it just came down to, I just like what I think most people want. They just want some kind of definitive plan that they can go in the weight room, especially if you don't really know what's going on. Like, oh, this is what I'm doing. Does that yeah. make sense to you? Yeah, yeah, for and sure. I knew if someone like me who's been training for 15 or at the time 15, 20 years needs a like a one, uh, just a real fucking definitive goal every day. I'm like, <clears throat> So does everyone else who doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, so I started to experiment with people that I knew. You know, they're like, yeah, I'll fucking try it, you know. And they were my guinea pigs. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. And then <clears throat> you just keep on experimenting. That's why there's such a massive, you know, I write a book like every three years or something like that, four years. Because I need that time to, to refocus and like, what am I doing wrong? How can I shave more shit off this? Can I add? What can I add if I add anything? And you just get better and smarter. And uh, it got to the point where, uh, like, I started volunteering and at the high school. And uh, I started uh, my first year. I was coaching football. I didn't do any of the strike train. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> so about halfway through the season, I started doing strength training and I just started working with the JV and the varsity, but most of the JV because the varsity were playing all the time. It's more in season shit, whatever. Make a long story short. 
we won three games that year. It was tough. We did one entire off season. We make it to the playoffs the next year for the first time. We went like nine and three. First time in 20 years won the conference. This fine, this year, <clears throat> last year now, uh, we went nine and one, and we won our first two playoff games. And so it's been like <clears throat> it's been awesome having all these kids. First of all, because I think the kids deserve. Every kid deserves the chance to maximize their ability, right? And uh, but it's been awesome because now I can start experimenting with shit, and these kids, you know, trust me. So, uh, but to see the difference—I mean, we went from being winning three games to <clears throat> being the strongest team in Central Ohio after one fucking year of offseason. For two years, we became almost unstoppable. We don't pass the ball either. We don't run. <laughs> and I don't, I don't know if you follow football at all. If you eliminate the past, then you never know what, you know, everyone knew what we were doing every play. That's what makes it even more impressive, <laughs> you know. So uh, it's been, uh, so it, all this has just been about the evolution and, and getting better and evolving. Uh, that doesn't, again, mean that we add more stuff. It's just we refine the stuff that we know works. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. Yeah, it sounds uh, like it. it. I tell people this is the first time in my life that my training took a backseat to someone else's training. Mm-hmm. I mean, training is a very selfish endeavor. It really is, and it needs to be. If you want to get great, you need to, to be very selfish in your uh, in your commitment and your discipline. And then, uh, I don't know. I, I, coaching is the best thing I've ever done in my life. If I won the lottery, I would still coach. Oh, that's cool. By far. Yeah. I, mean, I don't get paid, so I don't get fun. Uh, but still, if I didn't have to do anything the rest of my life, I would still coach. It's, uh, and again, I think part of that has to do with the head coach. The head coach is a tough guy. And it demands discipline. We don't you know, kill our players, but we demand that the kids show up on time. The kids do the right thing all the time. You know, stuff that I'm sure people expect, but no one really enforces. Right. So, ah, it's good though. I love it, man. I was born, you know, to lift weights and to help people lift weights. That's what I was born to do. Yeah, I really was. So. <clears throat> cool. Uh, so I wanted to bring up a few uh, smaller topics. Um, in the <laughs> hey, you were quoted here saying, <laughs> yeah. "Hey, speaking of real quick, <laughs> do you ever read anything from H. L. Mencken?" Uh, I don't. I don't believe so. <clears throat> you will love him. He's incredibly witty, but he was one of the first real uh, opponents of, he was, you know, in the early 1900s. Read him. Uh, his quotes and his books are amazing, just from a uh, freedom point of view. Okay. Uh, What's the name it's, again? It's H dot L dot, and I'll, I'm going to spell his last name for you. It's M E N, like Men. Yeah. C K E N. Okay, cool. I'll definitely check that out. Yeah, it's it's dude, you'll laugh your ass off when you start reading. Because <laughs> he's a very witty guy. He's like Mark Twain that no one really knows about. And, okay, uh, boy, he fucking rips into. You know how people think we live in a democracy, right? We live in a republic, or we should live in a republic. Yeah, but he <clears throat> like democracy was described as uh, two wolves and the sheep. Yeah, voting on what's for dinner. Right, and uh, <laughs> we 
live in, like, I see senators talking about that. We live in a democracy. I'm like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> democracy is mob rule. That's exactly what the you know, founding fathers would want. Anyway, okay. All right, go ahead. Um, so just just real quick, a couple a couple topics. Yeah. What, what do you think about, um, this is a big thing nowadays, uh, glute activation, and people saying their glutes <laughs> don't fire and this and that. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. Uh, and uh, I, I glute activation, I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, that was really big 15 years ago. Really big. And I don't know, I guess it still is. Yeah, people talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah, they got to activate their glutes. And uh, I don't know what the purpose of it is. I don't know how you can activate your glutes when you run and jump and squat and deadlift in a full range of motion. Um, and <clears throat> this is what I kind of hope. <laughs> you should be able to solve that in your warm-up. You can just do some kind of exercise. If your entire workout's based on that, then I think you have an issue. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, uh, I think um, if, if it's my opinion, if if you unrack a squat, let's say, when you, you put a walnut between your butt cheeks, let me see what happens. <laughs> when you squat down and you come up, I just don't understand how your glutes aren't working. <laughs> no, well, you know the uh, I, I it training is is fairly especially for younger kids and people who don't really have any uh, athletic, like an NFL football player, college football player. Uh, your training is fairly basic, or at least it should be. Yeah. And once you start straying away from some of that stuff, that's when I think people get in a little bit of issues. And if you can add something in that uh, activates your glutes without taking away something from the big rocks, that makes sense. Yeah. Then if you want to believe that, then go ahead. And I'll give you the best example is, uh, I, shit, this was in 2000 and probably four or five. That's when, uh, kettlebells really made their resurgence. Right. Yeah. And, uh, kettlebell this, like you'll never be more explosive, like high rep fucking kettlebell cleans make you explosive. I don't know how that's possible, but whatever. And so it became, kind of like the big thing for, I don't know, maybe 10 years. And you know, I always like to make fun of that shit because <clears throat> it's just, you know, people get, because it's like their God, you know, all oh, hail the kettlebell God. <laughs> they're masturbating in front of it and shit. And uh, take my seed. Uh, can I say that here? Yeah, you're uh, good. You're good. <laughs> so, but to make a long story short, kettlebells do have their place. Okay. <clears throat> but it's not at the expense of doing squats and doing sprints or something like that, right. doing some kind of press and pull. <clears throat> they have their place. I think they're fine for assistance work. If, and I wrote about this, you know, once the dust settled from the kettlebell craze, we actually got to look at it and say, you know what? It can't be part of a training program as long as it's <clears throat> in as an assistance movement. Right. Um, now, granted, if you're a guy who just likes doing kettlebell work and you don't want to squat, that's fine. It's just you're going to be a kettlebell guy. But don't tell me it's the best thing for strength when we both know that's not true. Right. Um, so I, you know, so you, you can easily put that as part of your program. It's one of those things where once something new comes up, you have to be willing to be, <clears throat> to take a step back, let the shit settle for a little bit, and then use your experience and intelligence to say, well, where can this fit into a program where uh, 
I don't throw away everything that's that's true, so to speak. You know, so uh, it's the the thing that I like. I stopped watching the news when I was when my son, my oldest son, was a year old. And I'm just like, you know what? It just doesn't do me any good. I still got to bring home the bacon, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still got to do all this shit. It doesn't really matter what's going on in Indonesia. And uh, with training stuff, I just don't read much about it anymore because <clears throat> all the information I'm getting is from the experience of me coaching. Hey, when we did this, what happened? Okay. Right. And I don't need some guy who's been lifting weights for seven years, uh, you know, calls himself, a, I think they call them fit pros now. Uh, I just rather use my experience and my subjects to, to glean information from. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I, could, I don't spend a lot of time on social media or even the computer uh, as much as I don't, you know, I just turn all that shit off. I like to live in the moment a little bit. So I'm happy because I don't uh, get bombarded with shit all day. Yeah. And uh, I think a lot of people generally get like that. And, like, if you kept up on all the food and diet trends, you'd kill yourself. Right. Every week... You know, something's going to kill you, and every week something's going to save you. I'm like, how are you going to eat all this shit? And you can't eat anything now? So, do you ever see the skit that Funny or Die did called The Time-Traveling Nutritionist? No, I don't think so. Fucking write that shit down. Funny or Die, Time-Traveling Nutritionist. You, will, It's the best, <clears throat> best video sum-up of nutrition that I've ever seen. Ever. <laughs> like, I... It's, it hurts. It's so funny because it's so goddamn true. <laughs> All and, right. Uh, oh, dude, you'll piss your pants laughing. <laughs> and, uh, but I still, you know, I think obviously nutrition is important. I get it. And uh, but I think of all the areas of the strength and conditioning world, there's no bigger fucking snake oil people than nutritionists for the most part. <laughs> so what uh speaking of what kind of um diet stuff do you do now versus Fucking popeyes baby you like popeyes well yeah you we just like got popeyes, one you're not american we just got one we did we just got one last year i think oh we're in west oh. virginia so we're we're about oh, 10 no years shit. yeah we're about 10 years behind everybody else <laughs> where, where are you in west virginia morgantown wvu so that's okay that's where uh I'm trying to think where in the state Mid-state? Yeah. Mid, yeah. I, I we're, we're an hour and a half. We're an hour and a half from Pittsburgh. Okay. I'm trying to do the... Okay. So I've ridden my motorcycle through West Virginia. It's absolutely beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, so nice. I'm sure there's pockets of that place that drive me fucking crazy. But, uh... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, dude... <clears throat> What do I do or what do I tell the kids to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Here's the thing that always made, made me laugh is uh, tell some anecdotes. Uh, when I was playing football, no one ever really talked about nutrition. Everyone just, because things were different, you know. Most families stayed together. Famous had, you know, no one ate fast food. I mean, they did, but not like they do today. Uh, and, all, and all the time I was at playing football, I never saw any athlete actually worry about his nutrition. They just ate food and got on with other lives. It was a really, it's much different than it is today where everything is so 
regulated, or at least people tell you that, you know, I'm eating this and that. And so when I, after I got done, people were talking about all this nutrition shit. And I was like, well, no one ever did it though. So I don't know. Like, it was very confusing to me. Like, how can you say that? Like, no one's ever done it. Right. And uh, it's not to say it's not important, but I think that just if you're going to, if you're going to be a a hard training athlete, you're going to have to eat some protein. You gotta eat some fat. You gotta eat some quality carbs that don't, uh, you know, upset your stomach. Kind of bullshit. So you're not you're not on keto then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is I always tell people everything comes around. Like there's like a shelf life and then it drops off. Like the intermittent fasting that yeah. was made popular when I was like a freshman or sophomore, I think, at Arizona. They called it the Warrior Diet. Yeah. And it made a big splash for a little bit, and then just kind of petered out. They didn't have the right promotion. They didn't have social media back then. And then when it resurfaced again, people were like, holy shit. I'm like, holy cow. Like, you know. Uh, and I remember when I was in uh, at Arizona, Atkins became huge. Everyone talked about Atkins. And I told my mom about it. She's like, oh, yeah. That was like in the 70s, like the McDonald diet or something. Yeah. And some doctor did it. And she's like, yeah, it's already been done. And my mom's not even in the you know, strength and conditioning world. Right. And I was like, holy shit, all this stuff just gets refurbished in a <clears> new <throat> package. So now, obviously, I think uh, if you have some kind of health issue, some of that stuff is incredibly important. But for the rest of the world, uh, you know, just some simple common sense food uh, will take you a long way. So I, I just don't buy all that shit. You know, everyone's remember for like uh, two years, everyone had celiac disease. It's like everyone's got it. Everyone's got leaky gut or whatever the fuck. They yeah, and that doesn't mean that those you know several percentage of people, uh, small percentage of people, don't have it. But uh, then you know everyone was dying. Uh, what is it? Gluten? Gluten? Yeah, it's gluten. always about the glutes. <laughs> right, right, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, anything gluten <laughs> with gluten in their name. Uh, and if you type glutes into your phone. Uh, it turns into flutes, so we can fucking mm. fuck flutes too. <laughs> Phallic instrument. <laughs> um, I don't know. So I wanted to bring up um, one problem. Yep. I one problem I had with um, your five three one book. Yes. Um, there's no chapter on the sumo deadlift setup. Oh, there yeah. should have been ten or fifteen pages on that at least. <laughs> hey, it's you know uh, I've watched. Here's the thing is like with arching and the bench press and stuff in the sumo, people get a little weird about that, uh, especially people who don't lift uh, or don't compete. And in powerlifting, you're, you have only one goal. It's to lift as much weight within the <clears throat> within the rules as possible. Right. And everyone's going to bend the rules <clears throat> or use them. And that's so much. <clears throat> use the rules to their advantage. Right. How does that make that's better? And it doesn't even money doesn't even have to be involved. If, if they're giving out places, you know, shit's gonna, uh, I don't really give a shit about the sumo deadlift or, uh, like girls that can arch hard on the bench. I even saw someone who said, uh, there was a great bench presser in the, uh, late nineties, early two thousand. that Marcus, I can't remember his last name. He's from Germany and he was a dwarf or a small person or whatever you want to say it. People were like, uh, you know, it's bullshit. You know, he doesn't have to move the bar as far, right? Right. And 
And I was like, this guy has enough fucking problems in his life. You're going to take this shit away from him, too, because you don't like his arm? Like, give this guy, like, he's got to use a stool to get to the refrigerator. Right. Like, you can't just give him a little fucking love. (laughs) And uh, and it's like complaining about some guy who's seven feet who's dunking the ball. Like, well, just how it goes sometimes, buddy. You know, some people have a mechanical advantage. Right. So, uh, I don't don't really give a shit about that stuff. And the thing is, I, like, we, as uh, our team only uses the trap bar deadlift. That's our main, and we use straight leg deadlift, too, with dumbbells. That's our main deadlift exercises. Yeah. And uh, that's heresy, too, right? Right. <laughs> uh, God forbid. I'm like, I always like, I love asking people, how many, in the thousands, how many people have you coached in person? Uh, so no one. I'm one guy and there's 50 kids. The trap bar fucking helps me. So things right. don't go shitty real quick. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and the other thing is, if I, if some guy deadlifts with a trap bar 900 pounds, are you going to call bullshit? He's not strong. Right. Are you going to do that? Because lo- I'll hide behind you while you fucking slap this guy across the face with a white glove and tell him how your, how your double overhand 225 is better. Right? Oh, that was, a, that was the thing, too. I don't know about mixed grip. You might pull your bicep. I don't know about football. They don't wear, you know, they fucking play. Tear a bicep. People are scared about tearing a bicep. Uh, that's, a, that's a huge thing in um, Strongman. It's uh, like they're actually bullying promoters into allowing straps on all straps because yeah. it's a safety issue and it, it's oh, a huge don't fucking compete it, it's a huge thing can and, you lower the weight well it's I want like moral i want moral points for my reps that was solid rep. you didn't use your legs well you can i don't know just <laughs> you know uh, it's like they forget about hook grip too i mean if you're really that concerned about it you can learn that yeah you know i mean and then you know i have very very gross sausage fat fingers and it's very hard for me to hook rip once i get past like 225 yeah and just get bigger and then it's then that's my fucking problem you know right. i don't get to change the rules because i'm stupid fucking fat hands you know? <laughs> my problem right and uh i don't know oh dude uh, people yeah my, my uh my original statement wasn't my original statement wasn't hating on sumo it was hating on the uh the setups, the ridiculous. Uh, oh yeah, well they they praise the gods, right? They put their <laughs> hands up in the air and wiggle their hips. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I expect. I don't know. Maybe some burn some incense around the bar. And, uh, like yeah. uh, like Hendrix, right? <laughs> oh yeah, like like Jimi Hendrix fucking smoke coming out of the plates. Fuck yeah, lick that guitar, motherfucker. <laughs> I, it's, uh, you know, every one day, uh, I, I was on, uh, Instagram and I typed in trap bar. I'm like, I'm interested to see, are people using the trap bar still? You know, is it popular? And, uh, I was, but everyone uses the high handles. Yeah. "Eh, A lot of seven foot dudes that don't look very, (laughs) uh, and, uh, you know, like, well, it really helps. They always give you an excuse, you know, like, dude, just do it because you lift more weight. Just fucking admit it, man. It's cool. Right. Like, that's why we, that's why we rack pull, you know, you can put on like 900 pounds and pull it from the bins. It's awesome, dude. Uh, but yeah, I, <clears throat> but even in my course of looking at that stuff, I was amazed at how many people posted videos about stuff. And I was like, wow. Like, I, I don't post videos anymore for the most part because I don't, I'm not lifting anything that's even really impressive. And uh, I'd rather post videos of the kids lifting because you know, they're better than me. 
and uh, like, wow, you, you saw fit to, to put this up. Huh? <laughs> and they don't know how to edit their videos. I even know how to edit my videos. Like you see them walking away from the camera, looking at it, you know, making sure it's on. And then eight <laughs> minutes later, they're fucking pulling. Right. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Got to plan this out a little better. I, <laughs> I, I just, a lot of people think, you know, I don't, people do whatever they want, but <clears throat> don't expect me to watch it. How's that? Yeah. So uh, keep on going, man. I'm having fun. I so, enjoy talking to you. Are you coaching any um, any powerlifters or anything, or just just no, football? No, and that's it. Just doesn't have any interest in me. My <laughs> first love is football. Uh, that's why I started lifting weights in the first place was to get better at football. Football as a sport, in as long you know, as well as training, uh, has given me everything in my life. It's made my friends for me. Um, I think football, despite all the concerns about this and that, I think is uh, is a great thing for young boys to play, young men, because I think it teaches you to battle. Every time you, even, even though football is a team game, every day, every play, you have your job to do, and your job is to beat that person in front of you. Uh, I always tell the kids, let's not worry about the score or talk about winning. Let's just worry about each battle in front of you. Every fucking play is a battle. Let's just everyone try to strive to win their battle. And miraculously, when 11 guys do that in every play, at the end of the game, the score usually takes care of itself. Okay? Yeah. Whether you win or lose, all right, I just want the kids to learn how to battle. And uh, I tell the kids, too, every day, everything you do is a little battle. When you wake up in the morning, put your feet on the floor, that's a battle. And your goal is to win all those small battles throughout the day. And uh, I think it's, it's an important lesson. Uh, I think football's <clears throat> along with wrestling, at least in America, is two of the best things you could do as a young man. It teaches you how to fight. I think it, as a men, we're supposed to be aggressive. Uh, it's you know, it's kind of part of our DNA, for, at least for most men. Um, and I think it's important to, to be physically fatigued. I think it's important to be physically broken sometimes, not in the terms of training. I don't really kill the kids. Um, and I think football teaches that just as well as, as the wrestling, but uh, I think it's important. And uh, as far as powerlifting, I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't know how to. Right? I, I would know how to coach it, but my my goals for the kid would not be what the goals would be for for him. Like his own goals. My goal is to build a stronger character person. My goal is to teach them about training, about understanding stuff, and it wouldn't be about getting his best numbers for the meet always. So I don't know if my my approach would be uh, solid with uh, with what he wanted. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, yeah. No, I got He's you. Kind of in a different part of my life right now, and uh, ironically, with how we trained, we had uh, you know we had kids get incredibly strong not training for quote power per se. And I, I always, when people like, you know, we had five guys bench over 500 this year. They're like, no, you didn't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's impossible. Because a 500-pound bench is fucking rare. Uh, every, that's, a, lot of, a lot of people bench 400 pounds. But the difference between 400 and 500 is not the same as 300 to 400. It's not even close. Right. And uh, so, anyway, I just think a lot of people bullshit their fucking numbers beyond belief, especially in football. Oh. That's why one of our big things, I tell the kids, I don't care how much weight you lift. My goal is just to make you stronger than you were yesterday or, you know, a year, a year later. You know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. You know, I don't chase numbers. I think that's the wrong thing, especially uh, in, in a sport where it's not the it's not the end in itself. You know? So, <clears throat> but anyway, yeah, I just it doesn't really interest me right now. Um, so uh... plus, I would have to train them like in my garage, and I don't let anyone live in my garage. <laughs> that's just well, it's my it's my gym. Right, know? right, right. And uh, I don't train with anyone. I just train by myself. It's awesome. You know, I have a garage gym. And it's uh, it's my little time to kind of zone out, and listen to music, and just uh, you know, battle with myself, so to speak. So, yeah. <clears throat> uh, I've reached quite a, a nirvana in my life. So. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I've reached some kind of peace. So, and, and like, there's all kinds of like I just found. You know, a couple of years ago, there's like there's raw, and there's like different versions of raw. Like, how can there be? Different versions. Of it. It's like I don't know. Yeah, well, they they have uh, they have raw and then classic raw with his, raw, which is raw just unlimited. raw with raps. Raw kind and, of, yeah, <laughs> kind of, sort of. <laughs> you know, I, my own thing was uh, if if it's allowed in a general gym, it should be allowed. Like someone wears a belt in a gym, no one's be like, "Oh my god, he's cheating." Uh, does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. I understand, but if you're going to say raw, it's just got to be, listen, man, you can't wear anything but a, a singlet, and that's punishment enough. There's nothing worse than singlets. Uh, <laughs> like a package all out there. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. It just gets, you know. So do you, uh, had, go ahead. Uh, do you ever get uh, the, well, when I was in high school, I lifted this much. Do people still oh, do that? Yeah. Do they yeah, do that well, to you, too? things differently. Like, I don't care. <laughs> You did things wrong, so I don't care. Or the when I was in high school, I I could bench press nine minutes. Oh yeah. Or... <laughs> yeah, we had like sixty guys. You know, I'll bench like eight thousand or something. Pretty crazy. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing that we always get is uh, to be around a true freak athlete is very rare. Very rare. Uh, even when I was at Arizona, which we had a bunch of guys go to the NFL, even from there, from that pool of guys, there's a very small group of dudes were like holy fuck okay does that make sense to you mm-hmm. yeah um just like just true like gods and i don't mean that in a worship way like how is this fucking possible they're very very rare if you talk to most people they had like 30 of those guys on their team <laughs> right and i think that's i don't think people understand that when you see <clears throat> the size and speed of some of these guys it's unnatural just unfucking believable, and uh, so I think that's what I see more. Like, yeah, we had a guy who bench pressed three hundred. I'm like, that's really not, you know. <laughs> it's like, you really think that's a freak? Because uh, we, I remember there's a guy at the University of Kentucky when I was there. He was a first round draft pick, and he weighed probably three ten in that area. He ran a four six eight or four six five or something. Fucking timed in the uh, the combine. That's insane. Yeah, and he is the one. Of, he is probably the strongest mammal I've ever seen. <laughs> and he had zero kind of like uh, inter and intramuscular coordination. You know, he just kind of lifted shit, and that's what it was. Yeah, uh, it was the most. It's the most insane strength. And that I was like, <clears throat> and that. All right, my camera's Let me go out uh, here. Uh, and that's why. I watched him power clean 375 with the worst form you've ever seen in your life. Okay? <laughs> the worst. 
And I remember thinking, you know how strong of a man that is? Uh, because people work on perfecting the form on their Olympic lifts all the time. Yeah. And he just literally picked it up straight legged and just reverse curled it right to his uh, right to his neck, you know, his clavicle area, and then just threw it down. Like, is that good? I'm like, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> and uh, that's, you know, because, right, you see some guy power cleans or cleans 400 pounds. It's pretty impressive, but he's got, you know, his fucking technique is flawless. This guy just literally picked it up like you'd pick up 95 pounds. Like you're going to move it from a rack to a rack. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, or if it's on the pins or something, after you adjust the J-hooks, you just kind of clean it and put it up. That's what it looked like. And he was wearing fucking football gloves too. <laughs> but he did it. Just boom. So. <laughs> yeah, right? That's yeah. insane, dude. And he could at least done 400 pounds. And he would just be looking around, you know, just spaced out. It was awesome. Huh. That's And I saw him bench press two. 25 ballistically so he dropped the bar and caught it it was like 52 times or something like that is that good <laughs> uh, he didn't touch his chest once it was like an inch off the chest you know how hard that is because you got to reverse the motion of the bar yeah uh just boom, boom. like you know that's the most impressive thing i've seen but i saw another guy do it 52 times and then racked it oh, i think i'm cramping in my back like, oh, <laughs> that guy played in the pros too so, yeah uh i just even when I see like Brian Shaw, that's a physical fucking freak. And I'm not taking anything away from him for working hard. And I know his eating has got to be insane, but he's a, he's a true freak, you know, to be that big, uh, to be that powerful. It's unbelievable. So, <clears throat> yeah, for sure. Uh, there's, there's a lot of freaks out there. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so well, there's, there, the problem there is on TV, but in real life there aren't. Right, yeah. right, right. There's, there's a lot in the limelight, I guess. Um, so uh, tell us about this cat. <laughs> well, we got two two stray cats in our house now that we've taken in. And uh, make a long story short, the one or the one that we've had the longest, we just had to take out his fucking eye. Now, when I say we took out his eye, it wasn't like my wife and I held him down <laughs> and used a melon baller. But yeah, he's blind in one eye. I was giving him all kinds of fucking problems. And... Uh, we just, I'm, I'm, I was a dog person my whole life. You know, I had a dog my, when I was growing up. I had a dog all throughout college, and I had that same dog for 16 years. You know, went all over the country with me when I was traveling and stuff and places. And then uh, there was like a neighborhood cat that just kind of kept on coming around, and he was really good with my young son. He just, uh, he's very patient. I don't know if you have kids, but when they get at a certain age, they're fucking crazy. And uh, he was, so anyway, we ended up taking him in, and we, you know, and then we took another cat in who's a fucking turd, too. And, uh, <laughs> you know, they're outdoor cats. They're fucking easy to take care of. You know, they bring us... <clears throat> we, it's like we have a metal detector in our house before we let the cats in. We make sure they don't have any dead things on them. <laughs> uh, fucking killed a giant bunny rabbit. Fucking brought it to us. Birds all the time. Just fucking... Oh, it's insane. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, like uh, like I said, I was never a cat person. I was always like, ugh. And then I was like, man, there's so much easier than dogs. They don't make a fucking mess in their house. So, <laughs> yeah, I like them, man. Hell yeah. Good. That's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> How about you got, you got dogs or cats? Uh, no, I, have a, I have a ball python. Oh, I fucking hate snakes, dude. Oh. <laughs> That's my, uh, <clears throat> that and fucking drowning. Oh, no thanks. 
<laughs> Freak me out. Uh, how big is this thing? Oh, um, I'd say almost not quite four feet. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, one of my good friends collects snakes. I'm like, just keep that shit there, man. It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking creep me out. They're just so, uh, like, like, sh- like uh, when you see a shark, they got nothing in their eyes. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, just driven by millions of years of evolution and like crocodiles like, yeah they survived fucking massive uh changeover in environment you know extinction periods yeah <laughs> they gotta be tough sons of bitches <clears throat> did you ever watch the show archer oh yeah i love that show yeah you know, archer's fucking i don't know if you, you know what seasons it was but he how much he loves crocodiles yeah. they survived the k2 extinction they're man's perfect predator or whatever no, no, i love that show <laughs> Do you ever see the guy who does Archer's voice? He looks nothing like Archer. No, I've never seen him, though. Oh, I mean, because Archer's such a debonair, handsome, you know. Yeah. Whatever, and he speaks so properly. Not properly, but his diction is amazing. And uh, then you see the guy who does his voice, and like, holy shit. He looks like a skinnier George Costanza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good look. Uh, uh, that's why I love guys like uh, Jason Statham and uh, Randy Couture because they rock the wraparound. Yeah, uh, hell yeah. And uh, I, they are the leaders. I call it the Order of the Cul-de-Sac, uh, the Horseshoe fucking cult. And that's why George Costanza's hair always drove me to just fucking shave that thing, man. You got you got to be a UFC champion to rock that. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, the, this year, this uh, generation's action hero. So. Yeah. You, are you, you? You have hair, right? Yeah, I got long hair, yeah. Ah, you bastard. <laughs> I got nothing. Uh, all right, what else? Come on, hit me. <clears throat> um, so tell us about uh, music. I know you're you're big into the the metal the metal scene. What's uh was there, yeah. was there a reason you got into that or when I was uh in third grade, uh I think it was third grade, I was with my cousins, my older cousins. And they showed me uh they put on uh Blue Oyster, Blue Oyster Cult, which was like a heavy rock band back in the 70s. They had yeah. a song called Godzilla. Most people know the song Don't Fear the Reaper uh, from them, but they had some hard rocking songs. And I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And then when I was in sixth grade, uh, remember this is before the internet, so all you had access to was whatever older siblings you had or whatever your friend's older siblings had. And in sixth grade, I had a friend named Chris Siebel. And... Uh, his brother and him were totally into music and they turned me on to like, uh, obviously Metallica, but like Slayer, Celtic Frost, which is the heaviest fucking band ever. Denim, like all this underground shit that was, you know, huge. And back then I was just like, ah, this is just what people listen to. You know? <laughs> and from like the immediately, I like, this is it, whatever is going to, you know, this is me. And then over the years, it just got, I liken it to, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you go through what I call the yummy phase. You only eat chicken nuggets. And you only drink chocolate milk. Right. And then as you get older, your tastes become more refined. You know, you're drinking some weird wine, and you're drinking some, you know, eating some odd lobster dip-dips, whatever. And over the years, like my tastes have gotten like it's got to be, it's got to be something new, or something so fucked up, uh, for me to really like. So, a lot of the stuff I like now doesn't make much sense to the average listener. 
you know, they just like the verse chorus, verse chorus kind of thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Some bands I like still do that. And it just starts getting to like this weird fucking black hole of fucking swirling hate. <laughs> you're like, yeah, this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but it's never just like training. I just people ask me like, that's just what I loved. And when I first heard Oyster Cult, I first heard Celtic Frost. I was like, this is it. Whatever this is, you know, it's like when the first time you see boobies, you don't know what they're looking at. <laughs> and you're like, I don't know what that is, but I want that. You know? Right. <laughs> so, and then it just started. I learned how to play drums when I was in high school. I played like in a band you know, for three or four years. I just I learned taught myself how to play drums. Um, when I got to college, I taught myself how to play guitar, and uh, just you know through sound and stuff. And uh, so now, me and a friend of mine, we play in a quote unquote band, uh, and it's awesome. We got a little recording thing down in my basement. Uh, it's fun. And, uh, my youngest son plays drums with me when I play. So he's learning the uh, complexities of playing the drums. And uh, just fucking hold the rhythm. It drives me nuts when he tries to go off kilter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just think it's, you know, I, that was one of the things when I was at least in high school, because I was obviously playing sports and lifting. You're, you're around a certain group of people all the time, right? Uh, everyone back then, everyone played football and then either wrestled or played basketball. You're always around the same group of people. And then with, when I started playing like in a punk, hardcore kind of band, you know, you only play what you can play. You don't play what you want to play when you're in high school. Like, listen, I only know four chords. Like, fuck it, we're going to be a punk band. Screw it. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, it's like uh, when you become, when you start cooking for yourself, yeah, you don't cook what you want to taste. You only taste what you can cook. Right. Uh, but what that really, you know, just from a social point of view, it introduced me to a whole group of people that I would never hang out with. And uh, I thought it was really, now I look back now and see how important that was. Because it's a very different group of guys that, you know, dress in, you know, fucking combat boots and the red suspenders or whatever the fucking people were. So it was really neat. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, I think for it also gave me an outlet outside of just being about sports or being about school. You know, it was awesome, man. And my parents, God bless them, if, you know, I play drums, and I don't know if you only think about bands, but wherever the drums are, that's where everyone practices. Right. And uh, so you can imagine all the weekend practices with kids who have loud amps big drum set and then don't know how to play anything. It's horrid. It's horrid. <laughs> so, uh, you know, my parents never said a word. They were very uh, incredibly supportive, you know. So, yeah. I got. I have great parents. Man. Yeah. Great parents. Never, uh, you know, <clears throat> I did the right things, but my parents were always supportive no matter what I did. As long as I gave it my full effort and didn't fucking bitch. Oh, my dad. If you ever complain around my dad, you get fucking punched. <laughs> oh. so. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's been awesome, though, because I think, uh, and so I still, you know, occasionally get turned on to something new. But it's rare these days that, like, something new comes out. You're like, holy shit, this is totally different. Yeah. Awesome. So. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so to bring it back around, um, yep. <clears throat> how did you uh, end up at Westside? How did that happen? Uh, well, when I when I got done playing football at Arizona, I was there for about a year, and then I got offered a graduate assistantship uh, at uh, University of Kentucky. So I went there and I worked with the football team and a couple other teams in the Wayland 
So, and uh, when I was there, I met Dave Tate. Kentucky's fairly close to Ohio, mm-hmm. and uh, Dave and I started talking a little bit here and there. And he <clears throat> asked me, he's like, "You guys should." I had a friend that I was there with too, uh, who was helping out. And he, you guys should do uh, one of the meets because Dave threw the best fucking powerlifting meets ever, by far. Nothing even compares. So we did the meet, and I did my first meet. I had no idea what was going on. Like they, they asked for rack heights, you know, the monolift. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know, rack's like seven and a half feet tall. I had no fucking clue. Like I thought, wait, what do you care about how tall my fucking power rack is? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea, you know. And uh, so I was pretty new, you know, to everything. And I did very well, uh, very well in my very first meet. And uh, because I had a football background, because I had. Um, Obviously, did fairly well in my first meet, and I was coaching and stuff. Dave asked me to be part of DFS or Elite FTS, mm-hmm. and I started uh, doing some of the Q and As and articles and stuff for him. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was hired. I was their, I think, their very first full time employee. And when I came out to Ohio and I moved out here to be part of Elite FTS, it was only natural because Dave was training at Westside that I went to Westside. Yeah, and uh, Lou was, you know, <clears throat> always been very gracious and he was awesome to me. So, yeah, but it's weird, though, because by the time I got to Westside, I had been training for so fucking long. And it, it was a weird, because uh, usually back in the day, they don't do it so much. Westside built their own crew from kids in Columbus. Yeah. And that's hard to do. Uh, so <clears throat> that in, <clears throat> right when I moved there to Ohio and went to Westside, that's just when they left the Demarest location. And the old videos, you see the old dental rest. And I'm not joking, dude. It's uh, probably as big of a, as a living room, like a moderate-sized living room. It's awesome. If someone was squatting, you couldn't really be doing anything else than helping them squat. It's very <laughs> small weight room. Yeah. And then right when I got there is when they moved to, I guess, they're, I don't know if it's still in the, but I assume they're in the, the bigger warehouse location. So. I wish I would have been around. I did train in a dental rest place a couple times, but I wish, that's to me, that was like the heart of my side. That's when, uh, you know, you had your different crews and everyone would, uh, when you're so spread out, it gets a little distracting, you know? Yeah. So, but anyway. What was your first, yeah, uh, what was your first it? impression of Louie? Uh, well, I had read Louie before I met him. Yeah. And to me, uh, I don't know if it was because uh, of my background, it was very easy for me to understand. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying I had like I don't have like a physics background or you know right. stuff. It just made sense to me, and uh, so I kind of knew Lou, and I knew Dave, and so Dave's like you know Lou's a different dude, and uh, but Lou <clears throat> is probably the one of the funniest, most personable, outgoing people you'll ever know. Uh, I really he's. My wife's met him too, and he is a he'll charm you fucking anyone. He just got that ability, man, and he's incredibly funny. I mean, shit, you have your roll your you know piss your pants laughing. And, uh, <laughs> so he kept things very, and he's you know the thing. You know, I occasionally I see like an interview with Lou, uh, a recent interview, and if you know how to interpret some of the stuff he's saying, it all makes sense. But I I I talk about it kind of like being. 
I don't know what the correct word is, but imagine taking all the things in the world, like he's going to say, and you throw them against the wall, and it doesn't make any sense because they're all jumbled. Yeah. You have to take a step back, and like it's like looking at one of those 3D pictures. Like, oh, okay. Like, oh, that's what he's saying. And uh, so I think that kind of gets lost a little bit if you don't know uh, where he's coming from. Yeah. Like, if you're a beginner, you're not going to understand a fucking thing. Right. Even if you're advanced, if you don't understand, you know, what he's trying to get at, I think it gets confusing. Yeah, I was, you know, the guy's unbelievably smart when it comes to training. Unbelievably smart. And he'll, dude, he's got a rock solid memory for some of this shit. You know, he, he knows everyone's PR in every lift. Uh, you know, like two board lift. You did, you did 435, you know, in April. Right? Did you know that? <laughs> April 2003. Holy shit. So, yeah. I have, you know, I think the, all the shit that Lou's given to the sport and some people don't like him and stuff. But I think what he did in Columbus, as far as building the team from nothing but local people and being world record holders and just being fucking crazy, I think is a testament to what he really can do. You know, I really think so. It's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, all those guys, Dave, Kenny, Chuck, Todd, uh, Matt, Demo, those guys were all from Columbus. I think that gets kind of gets lost a little bit. People forget about that stuff. So, <clears throat> anyway, yeah, cool. He's just fucking funny, dude. He just—if you ever have dinner with him or something or talk, he fucking make, make you laugh so fucking hard. <laughs> so, <pretty> good dude. <clears throat> All right, so um, book yeah. recommendations. I see you got a bunch of books back there. What do you recommend? It's like eight training books. <laughs> <laughs> well, eight and what? Reading is reading. What do you recommend? Uh, I love my favorite author of all time is James Elroy. Okay. He, uh, if you ever there's a movie that came out I don't know, 15 years ago called L.A. Confidential. I think I remember and, that. Yeah, it's with uh, Kevin Spacey, Ken Bassinger, Russell Crowe. Yeah. That was based on one of his books, but uh, there's no no one better. He's like a poet with fucking prose. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable fucking gritty fucking just it's like a chainsaw to your gut and his books <laughs> are the best. It's the best stuff I've ever read. Alright. Uh I like Dennis Lehane. You ever there's a movie a couple of years ago called uh Fuck Mystic River. Yeah. And Gone Baby Gone. Right. He yeah, yeah. wrote those books and they returned to the movies. I'm just trying to give some reference to um the Elroy is all out in L.A. That's where he's at, the gritty, you know, 50s, 60s of L.A. And Lee Hayne is uh, out on the East Coast um, in, shit, Boston area, I think. Uh, trying to think of anything else. I think if you want to learn how to be a good writer for articles, I think you should read Dave Barry, who's a columnist for the Miami Herald. And that he was syndicated for years and years. Uh, I think he's a tremendous writer about how to simplify things and make a you know congruent story. All my articles were based on Dave Barry articles as far as how to write them. Oh, okay. Uh, it's you know it's just a columnist. You know he talks about regular shit. But as a kid, I used to read him, and I still look at it today to get an idea how to properly write an article that interests people and gets the point across and has some humor too. So 
And my favorite when I was a kid was fucking H.P. Lovecraft. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah. The author. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was introduced to him through metal music. Every metal band has an H.P. Lovecraft song. Metallica's got two or three. So, yeah, when I was growing up, my parents were really big on me reading. And they didn't really care what I read as long as I read. Uh, so I would get all the horror books I could. I love that stuff. And mystery. Like uh, Sherlock Holmes still remains my favorite, probably literary character and uh you can actually read the books he is a fucking badass uh but it's stuff like that you know mysteries yeah anything that i don't know what the outcome's gonna be i don't need to hear some like i'm not gonna go read james joyce you know uh, everyone cites what is it uh, yeah. what's james joyce's book fuck i can't think of it they usually list him as the uh greatest author or greatest book of all time it's odysseus or something oh yeah 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 it just doesn't, you know, I was a, uh, let me see here. Uh, I was an English major. And, uh, so I got to read a lot of cool stuff. It's Ulysses. This is a big thing. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I got to see, so, you know, I got to read some awesome stuff. It was awesome. You know, I love that stuff. I love it. I love American history. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I don't know. The thing about reading, like my mom said, just fucking read. You know, that's why when I see parents get upset about kids reading Harry, you know, Harry or Henry, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, oh, it's, it's, it promotes the occult. Like, kids don't give a fuck. Like, do you think they're really thinking? Like, yeah. You know, I just think it's important that kids read because I think it helps formulate a story in their brains that they actually have to think about. And rather than just sit there and get it shot into their head via TV or movie. So, yeah. <clears throat> so, that's something, you know, with our young kid, we try to emphasize all the time. Read, 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 read. So, there you go. Yeah, I love, I love that stuff. Cool. Uh, um, uh, you got any recommendations? Do you read at all? Yeah, I, uh, I don't read a lot of books. I mostly do read a lot of, um, articles and things, but, yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, I have, uh, some favorite books, of course. I'm, I'm a big fan of Atlas Shrugged. Um, okay. Uh, the Alchemist is a great book. Is that by Anne Rand too? No, it's um, man, uh, Paulo, Paulo something. Um, that's a really good book. That's a fast read. We're talking about Paulo. Yeah, Paulo. He's a. I think. Polo? Yeah, Polo? yeah, Polo? yeah. Polo. All right. Yeah, that's a really good uh, book. Wow, it was originally written in Portuguese. Yeah. Alright. All right. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, just, uh, my dad and my mom still read the shitload, so whenever my dad gets something even remotely readable, yeah. do, what is it? It doesn't have to be, you know, Hemingway or anything like that. Like, just give me something. I just need to take a, take a trip. You know? Yeah. I don't oh, yeah. need, uh, I don't need like 14,000 pages of interpretation. I don't want that. I did that already. Every time he takes a step, it's for women's rights. That's what that means. <laughs> I just want, I want a step to be a step. You know? Yeah, I got you. Uh, so, yeah. I, you know, the other thing is uh, you get a well-written uh, serial TV show, some of these things that they're doing. And it's funny because I always talk about in training how the pendulum always seeks balance in training. Yeah. 
for example, it was high carbs, and then it was like no, you know, no carbs, right? right. You swing to the other side, and then everything seeks middle. Like when reality TV took off, all the great writers uh, in TV, or even the good writers, got canned. Yeah, and they said fuck it, and they <clears throat> the direct uh, pendulum swing of shitty reality TV was fucking amazing TV. Right, and, you know, especially when you got HBO and Showtime and some of these. You didn't have limits. Like, you can't show this, you can't say that, well, fuck it, you know. And uh, give me one of those well-done TV shows, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Granted, there's a lot of shit out there, too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like I, I don't even, like, I, we don't, we just watch, like, Netflix and, you know, whatever, Amazon. And uh, we only turn the foot the TV on during football season. And the, the commercials we see, uh, holy shit. Like the horrible TV shows, like they're running the same fucking jokes they did like thirty years ago for <laughs> sitcoms. You know, I don't know, but whatever, it's not my thing. <clears throat> All right, what else you got, brother? Well, I'm about out of time here, but um, okay, we're gonna do a a little uh, game here. I'll name two things and you pick one. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <Blow> job. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, so um, the Hobbit or Willow. I'll choose Willow because I had a friend of mine uh, when I was playing football that looked like the the, the, the dwarf in Willow. I used to call him Willow until he would get so fucking mad. Oh, holy shit. You didn't throw acorns at him, did you? No, no, no. But yeah, he got to, he was, it was, he was on the foot. We were be at, at practice. Fucking Willow, catch the fucking ball. <laughs> Shut up. All right. Uh, uh, all right. King Kong or Godzilla? Oh, boy. Godzilla, just because of the Blue to Cult and uh, the great song. That Fu Manchu, where the a man from California did a remake of that song, Godzilla. It's fucking heavy as shit, too. All right, so Godzilla. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan? Uh, I'll tell you, dude, I've never watched a professional wrestling match in my life. No? Wow. <laughs> no. no. I mean, I know who Ric Flair... That's not Randy the Macho Man Savage. I don't even know no. who Ric Flair. We, we no, Ric Flair is the guy that did the ESPN thing on. Yeah. 30 for 30, right? Yeah, the, woo, yeah, yeah. That's the guy. Yeah, that's tough to watch, man. Holy shit. Did you watch that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. It was tough. <laughs> I'll pick uh, Ric Flair because uh, he seemed more underground than Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan seems like he'd be, uh, what's like a good, like a fucking homo, sorry, a modern day metal band. Five Finger Death Punch. Ric Flair is fucking... Uh, mid '80s Slayer. Yeah, <laughs> Ric Flair is Slayer. I like it. <laughs> yeah, well, mid '80s Slayer. Right, right. All right, all right. Uh, a good, good food or a good woman? Good woman, because then she'll make you good food. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, right there. You go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can just get a little snack on there. Hey. Right. <laughs> right. uh, squats or bench press? Squats. Best fucking lift in the world. I'm gonna tell you why too. Everyone calls the deadlift like you know, a deadlift you can just drop. Like you take out 800 pounds and walk that thing back. Like you discover every fucking religion when you're starting to go down. <laughs> Buddha, Jesus, Yahweh, save me! It takes fucking balls <laughs> to take out a squat, even if it's like a 20 rep squat set. You know, you definitely see fucking Jesus too. So, all right. Uh, what's your favorite Ripito quote? <laughs> oh boy. Like one, 
say. Yeah, you can say whatever uh, you need. <laughs> yeah, I think probably everyone's uh, favorite. You know, stronger people are, you know, harder to kill and generally more useful in general. Yeah. yeah I told the kids, not that quote, but I talked about how a man is someone who can carry his own weight and have to, can also carry the weight of others. Don't be that dude, especially in football. Don't be the guy that you gotta, people got to pick up. You know, do your fucking job. So, yeah, I think that has <clears throat> far reaching than what I think it says on the surface. So. <clears throat> Hell yeah. All right. Well, um, that's it. Yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up. Um, tits so, ass. <laughs> that's a good one. Which one? What are we talking about? here? <laughs> you know, there's a great book called the Fermata by Nicholson Baker. Okay. Read that book. It's out of this fucking world. dude. It is the dirtiest, funniest, grossest X rated book. You know, and you'll laugh. It's so well written. All right. He, dude, it's he got, about a guy who can stop time. Okay. And the shit that he does, it is, you know, very, very funny. And uh, he talks about uh, every woman, is, <clears throat> the quote is, every woman inspires her own fetishes. I love that quote. So, you know, whatever's been presented in front of me, I'm a big fan of. I can't be picky. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think uh, I think a business venture for you might be the, the Jim Wendler Book Club. Um, uh, you could you could just talk about music. Fuck you. I'm not talking about books. <laughs> My name's on the title, motherfucker. <laughs> hey, there you go. I, nobody's going to complain. I don't think. <laughs> I should do that. The Jim Winners Friendly Book Club. Yeah, just talk about whatever I want. It's nothing to do with books. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> fireside chats. I think you could you could uh, get, make that a, an add-on to your to your uh, your forum and. You know. <laughs> oh, it'd be good, right? I think yeah. I like that, man. Oh, yeah. I, gotta out I, I, I would tune in. <laughs> um, uh, all right, I'll let you get going here, brother. Yeah, so if if you want to get a hold of Jim for any reason, the website is uh, just jimwindler.com, right? Yes, yep. And uh, I'm on Instagram. Uh, I don't know what it is, though. Jim Windler, Jay Windler, something like that. And just, just type my name in. And then uh, Facebook, same thing. And then... Uh, we don't really post a lot. I, everything I post, I try to have some kind of meaning. I go post once every two weeks or something. So yeah. you're not going to be littered. Uh, even if you sign up for our, what they call it, mailing list, we only do it once or twice a year, uh, month at the most, right? Maybe once a week, my wife says, I don't know. So we, <laughs> my goal is to give people information and then let them decide. My goal is not to smash people with, uh, uh, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, I got you. People work hard for their money, man. And I think I want them to uh, discriminate. You know, I get it. So, there you go. Cool. Well, All thank right. you very much for having me, man. I yeah. appreciate it. I hope you have an awesome day. Yeah. And uh, let me know when this thing goes up. Uh, we will promote it. All right? Cool, yeah. It'll just be a few weeks, and uh, we'll have it up okay. and running. Well, good luck, man. <clears throat> I hope this shit it sounds like you got your shit uh, well, well run here, so. Congratulations, yeah. all right. Well, thanks. Um, this has been John the Viking Mauser with Jim Windler. Get strong or die.